welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. His son, Percy Van, he is a longtime regular on the program, a personal favorite uh, of mine uh, and a show favorite. We get a lot of great comments when he's on. He is uh, an ator- attorney with a big emphasis on um, on employment law. That really is his focus, and even his undergraduate career uh, included work in HR. He got a degree in HR, and so he, he loves this stuff, knows this stuff, but he's so well-versed in so many other areas as well, so we like to explore other areas, particularly where politics and the law transcends, and let's face it, it's, um, that's pretty oft- often. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your work, and uh, let's get into our topic today, and welcome. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, you know, so I do I do labor and employment law uh, on the on the plaintiff and and defense side. Actually, uh, right right before getting on the program, I was working on two settlement agreements with regard to employers um, that I that I represent in cases, and so try to try to try to keep it balanced and uh, and 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 you know just uh, evaluate things as kind of moderately as I can by working on both sides. Yeah, and I think that's really healthy because uh, a lot of times uh, attorneys become um, only on one side, and that makes them less nuanced. That makes it difficult for uh, really looking out for their clients' best interests because they become uh, so hyper-focused on, on how they believe it should be, almost like Don Quixote on win- chasing windmills. <laughs> you know, and, and you almost – those type of attorneys seem to have nothing but – a confrontational approach, which can be helpful sometimes, but not always. And I would say, often it's not. Yeah, you know, you. I think I think you gotta you gotta have perspective, and you gotta, uh, you know, imagine things, for, be able to be able to imagine things from from both sides um, is ideal. Uh, a lot of attorneys don't have don't necessarily have the choice of you know being able to do so because the the, the large defense firms are generally only defense especially in employment law generally are only defense you know they don't they don't take on any 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 plaintiff uh, matters um whereas at least in commercial litigation you know you could have uh you know a, a large firm that is a that is a plaintiff you know representing one of their clients and you know whatever let's say a 20 50 100 million dollar dispute um and as a plaintiff uh, because you know it's a large commercial litigation case. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, his website is parsfirm.com. That's P-A-R-Z-F-I-R-M.com. He practices in Texas, in the Houston area. But we talk about places all over the place, <laughs> and I like doing that. Today, we're going to go to uh, Washington D.C. and talk about the Supreme Court. That I think is very interesting. That how the media. Uh, particularly the more left side of the media, has had an almost caricature uh, approach uh, when it comes to talking about the Supreme Court. You know, uh, they're right-wing, they're extremists, they're, uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden they just surprise, they just surprise the media. What? 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 They did it that way? And, uh, and I think what, you know, I think they are principled, I think some of them are ridiculous. We've talked about a couple of those. Um, but I think the vast majority of them are pretty nuanced in their thinking. They do have a principle. The principle seems to be making each branch of government do its job. 
And so they don't like, for example, uh, uh, regulations that go beyond uh, what the mandate uh, of Congress was. So, oh, so Congress should do this. You know, that, that it's those kind of things. It's more complicated than, than uh, and of course, conservatives love that. Uh, business conservatives love, uh, you know, those decisions that uh, uh, fell on business uh, side. But uh, it, it's more complicated. It's more nuanced. And there's a lot of cases like this. And another thing I want to say, because I'm going to let you rip here in a minute, but another thing I want to say is that, you know, the court historically, I feel like, has always tried to move society to be more progressive than it currently is, to be more expansive than it, it, it is, you know, currently. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I would, I, I'm, I think Roe versus Wade was ridiculous on many levels. So it's not a, a statement about abortion law. That was a, about that particular approach to it. Um, but that was part of it. Okay, society needs to catch up with that. And this court is different. You know, there's an interesting article in the Washington Post that showed that uh, a majority of Americans on a majority of issues, of course, not being one of them, the overturn of the world way, not being one of them, majority of Americans believe that the court largely reflects where they are. And so that, that's a lot there, but I think it's very interesting and really points to a nuanced conversation, which you and I have often had, as, and see as the missing piece in political discussion today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It, it, they they definitely have have surprised the uh, you know in various ways this term, and there there have been cases that uh, you know they 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 haven't uh, they haven't necessarily uh, you know surprised on. I mean, obviously, uh, I think uh, I think the biggest uh, decision. Uh, from a policy perspective that impacted the most people was, uh, you know, their ruling on uh, Biden's uh, student loan forgiveness. And, uh, you know, and, and it was unsurprising that they, they went six to three, uh, you know, against that, um, you know, affirmative action also, I, I don't think as, as big of a decision, but, um, but affirmative action in college admissions, uh, uh, you know, it, I, I would say, it was a landmark decision in the sense of uh, how it changed precedent uh, versus what was existing in the past. Uh, but, you know, no, the Supreme Court, as, as, as we've talked about, uh, you know, very, very surprising, you know, at times in terms of what, uh, in terms of what they, they do, um, you know, in the employment law side of things, you know, there've been, there've been two, uh, you know, I, I would say kind of, uh, not necessarily liberal, but, but I guess, uh, you know, two, two expansions, uh, by the, by the court. Uh, one, uh, they've, they've really expanded, uh, what, what, what constitutes religious discrimination. And they had a landmark opinion, uh, this year, uh, regarding that. And, uh, you know, and, and we've talked about this. Uh, a little while ago, but, uh, you know, on, on the, uh, sexual orientation issues, you know, they expanded title seven, uh, to, to include sexual, uh, orientation. Um, and that was something that, uh, uh, I, I don't think, uh, we, <laughs> any of us would have anticipated Gorsuch writing that opinion. So, uh, so, 
it, it is. It's definitely a little bit, a little bit more uh, nuanced uh, this year. And we talked about this too. Uh, I think on one of the prior programs, uh, they uh, they modified uh, Alabama's congressional map, or uh, well, they 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 struck down Alabama's current congressional map, and Alabama had to remap uh, their congressional map because uh, you know they had intentionally uh, packed African American voters into one district, and and uh, and the Supreme Court seemed to feel that. Uh, African-American voters deserved a shot uh, in two districts at, at, at electing a representative, uh, given their, their composition of the Alabama population. Um, yeah. So those, those are, those are, you know, some of the decisions that, that have come out uh, recently that have been surprising. Yeah. And it's almost like there's three courts, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you, you've got the Clarence Thomas and Alito wing, and then you got this really, I think it's best to describe as almost a right of center wing, almost. I mean, the, the, the abortion decision, that was very controversial. I understand why they did what they did, the entire right to privacy. Uh, really? So I can't kill unless unless it's, you know, I did it in the privacy of my own home, <laughs> you know, or, or it's a private decision. That, that's kind of how it, it, it's arbitrary in that sort of way. Uh, but it's exception, exception to that, you know, those other conservative jurists, they're pretty right of center. There's, there's not a real radicalness uh, about them. And then there's the liberal wing. And, and again, uh, pointing to, being, you know, Alito and Thomas, to me, seem completely out of touch. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, that, it, it really is more complicated than, than uh, how I think the uh, media has characterized it. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, it is not, it, it, it's not, it, it, I would, I would say this, it's not a purely political court, but it's also not an apolitical court. I think that's the, 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 the best summation I can make of the, uh, of how I feel about the, uh, about the court. Yeah. 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 And you bring your, your, your summary uh, is uh, really points to the challenge, right? Uh, because it is a little unpredictable. It's more unpredictable than we've seen, I think, in quite some time. Uh, Justice Kennedy used to make things interesting, right? He was, right. He was almost like a court. He was almost like a court of one when Justice Kennedy was in the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, because uh, uh, you know the, the court was so tight, and and there'd be one vote that would decide things. And Kennedy was really very pragmatic. Uh, I had a very difficult time figuring out any philosophy that was driving his decision-making. Um, but this court is similarly uh, difficult to call for different reasons. Yeah, no, and I, you know, I always go back to, I mean, obviously, you know, you had the, 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 the Merrick Garland uh, non-appointment followed by, uh, you, know, the, you know, the Republicans, uh, you know, doing what I think any, any, sane commentator would view as a very hypocritical thing when Ginsburg died, uh, you know, on the, on the eve of the election. And I, uh, I, you know, it, it was an interesting strategy to, to hold back on Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland, uh, you know, was known to be very, very moderate, you know, in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things. And I, I always wonder, you know, what this court would look like if, if we had Merrick Garland, 
you know, on the Supreme Court. Um, if, if I remember correctly, Merrick Garland had had 19 cases that uh, he had decided go up to the Supreme Court, and he had been right every single time. The Supreme Court never overruled wow. him, which is just crazy when you think about that's, it. That's almost like already serving in the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Well, I guarantee you, to this week, Eric Garland wishes he was in the Supreme Court rather than dealing with all the uh, all the push he's getting regarding the Biden situation and the charges of covering for Biden. Uh, you know, what a delicate balancing act. He's got a pull. It, 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 it's hard. It's hard to watch. Watch. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No, I, uh, I, 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 I think he does. He does wish it. And, and uh, he just uh, I mean, honestly, I remember whenever he delivered kind of like his, uh, you know, his initial uh, introduction speech. And he just, uh, you know, he just seemed like, you know, such a such a humble guy uh, overall. And uh, and I, I, I do. I do, I do feel bad for him because I, I think he was, he was worthy, and I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure like a, a bunch of Republicans had voted for him for, for justice before. Um, you know, he was worthy, definitely, um, and, and denied. Uh, you know, yeah. un, un, unfortunately. Yeah, and the criteria for justices became so bizarre that they had to narrow it down where you didn't have to have a, a supermajority. Uh, they could go nuclear. I remember what how they now routinely choose justices used to be called nuclear. The reason why is because it's so undermining of the e plus unum, you know, among many one motif that this country was supposed to be built upon. And uh, man, no wonder why it, it just becomes more and more divisive. It, it's very hard to watch. Uh, Hassam, always love having you on the on this program. Final thoughts as we wrap it up. Ah, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely gonna, gonna watch and see kind of how this, uh, how the Supreme Court, uh, moves going forward. Um, I definitely, uh, I think the key area from an employment law perspective where I, I would expect to see further development is, 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 uh, religious liberty, uh, issues. And I, I've got, I personally have an interesting kind of, uh, religious liberty case, uh, right now because i have a i have a client who was uh requested to receive the covid-19 vaccine uh while she was pregnant by a, a healthcare provider um and so so uh, you know i've been watching watching closely and and uh it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting cuz some of this jurisprudence uh is likely to 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 you know to help my cause yeah yeah absolutely Yep, I think you're right. Oh, very, very uh, sound ending, very thoughtful. I appreciate you very much. It's Tom Parsavan, parsfirm.com. Uh, always goes fast whenever I talk to him, and yet I always go over whenever I talk to him. How does that happen? It's the, we defy physics, but always glad to talk to you, sir. Thanks so much for having me on the program. Always. I'm Kevin Price. Stay tuned for more after this. 